Uh, so I want to share a little bit with you today from the word from Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to be there momentarily, but if you'd like to go ahead and turn there, I want to share a thought here we're going to call holy living. All right, The theme of today is the holiness of God, and so we've sung to that here a little bit uh, as we started today. Right, He is exalted, and that song talks about his holiness, as does, obviously, holy, 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 or refiner's fire. All those things remind us that that is who he is, and that's who he's called us to be as well. And so we'll work our way through just primarily one verse, that last verse, 14, but we want to give context, so we'll read uh, the previous 13 as well today. But I uh, do hope you've had a good week. Hope you've been in your word and praying and letting God speak to you there. And I uh, hope that this is a good day for you as we've gathered together, all right? So, holy living, right? Hebrews chapter 12. Typically, when you think about Hebrews 12, you may think of uh, running the race, right? Hebrews 12 has the comparison there to the Christian life as, as a race. And we'll see today that it is a race that's marked out for us. Um, and we'll talk about that for a minute. But has anybody ever ran a race before? Walked a race, Right? You know, win or loss, win or lose, right? If you've, we've probably participated in some way or another. We've probably been in a race. Uh, so yesterday at uh, the girls' school, MCS hosted a 5K race for mission, missions and uh, lots of runners there, right? Lots of adults and children out there running this 3.1 miles. And two or three of them made it look really easy, right? But the rest of them that came across the line looked like it was pretty tough, Pretty complicated, right? Kind of a warm day and running out in some of the heavy grass. Just uh, not, not necessarily the easiest way to run. Uh, and, and so we understand the idea of struggling through a race. Uh, there's a guy back in 1968, you might remember him at the Olympics, uh, who had some struggle in, in the marathon race that he was a part of. Uh, about an hour or so after the first marathon runner had come through, the, the winner... Uh, the stand started to clear. And there was only a couple thousand fans left in the stadium when all of a sudden these alarms start going off like fire trucks, police cars, uh, alerting them that the last runner was coming through. And so over an hour passed uh, beyond the first runner who came through and run that race. Well, here comes this guy, and he was from Tanzania. And he's the last guy. He's going to finish last place, and there's nobody even remotely close to him. He is way behind. His name was John Stephen Akwari. You guys remember him? 1968. Uh, he, anyway, he was running his race and he fell down. He had a significant injury. And so his leg is all bloodied. It's bruised. It's bandaged. He's having to hobble for much of this race. He comes into the Olympic Stadium where he has to run one lap, 400 meters, to finish his race. And he hobbles across the finish line and everybody cheers. Right? So pretty maybe inspirational moment there for those people who were present. Well, he starts to make his way across the field, finished his race. Like we said, not very many people there. Most people at that point are starting to walk out of the stadium. And somebody came up to him and asked him a question. He said, knowing that you had no chance of winning, you're over an hour behind the winner, understanding your injury and you're hobbling along, like why, why did you finish the race? Right? Have you ever quit a race? Ever just bowed out like, this is too hard, I can't do it anymore? Well, they asked him, why did you finish? And he said this, my country did not send me 7,000 miles to start a race. My country sent me 7,000 miles to finish a race. And he felt that was very important. And so you and I here today, what we're going to see is we've not only been 
people who've started a race or need to start a race or God has planned for us to start a race, but we're going to see how important it is to finish this race as well and to do that with holiness. Uh, so Hebrews 12 here, we're going to look at, as we said here, these 14 verses. And look at this author. He's trying to warn people. He's trying to encourage people. And that's what we're going to try to do today. Give some encouragement. And one little phrase here really gives some significant warning that we want to pay attention to uh, as we make our, our way through. All right. So you can follow along on the wall or in your uh, Bible, however that works for you, as we make our way through, through these verses here today. So some of this you've probably heard before. Sounds real familiar, even if you've not been in church for very long. Um, these are, you often see these like on t-shirts or coffee mugs, right? This is kind of a, a signature verse out of the book of Hebrews. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you've not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And just a comparison to Christ. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because... The Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So endure hardship as discipline, and God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Or maybe mother in our context today, right? Maybe you remember that from a mother. Verse 8, if you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God, he disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And so this morning, we're just going to track through these verses here, and we'll highlight some of the prior ones, but primarily verse 14 is uh, the culmination of those verses that we've read thus far. So a few things we'll highlight. If you want to track in your bulletin, you can. You don't have to at all. It's just there for your personal benefit, all right? But let's begin here. Holiness is going to require some things from us. And initially, it's going to deal with perseverance. So to become holy, right? We're just saying, I choose to be holy, holy, set apart for you, Lord. To become holy requires you and I to persevere through the challenges of life. So kind of like our guy that was in the race, Akwari, John Stephen. Right? He had to persevere to finish that race. Right? To be able to say, I completed a race in the Olympics, he had to go through some difficulties. And it will be no different for you and I as we try to maneuver through uh, life here in the pursuit of holiness. Now, one of the main themes of this book is perseverance. And it's the idea that we have to press on and keep going even when challenges face us or when things are difficult. But what does perseverance have to do with holiness? 
Right? What's the connection there between going on and becoming more like Christ? Well, that word holiness in its simplest form, specifically here in this text, is a reference to us being set apart. Right? Didn't we just sing that? I choose to be holy, holy, set apart for you, Lord. Right? So this is straight out of, out of the Bible. And if we're set apart for something or from something, it means that we're set apart to something. Uh, and so if I'm going this direction, I can't go that direction. Does that make sense? This morning I saw a guy in a black truck sitting out here in our entryway. And for the longest time he had his right blinker on just sitting there. And then he finally went left. Right? So he couldn't make his mind up. Could he go both right and left? No. I mean, you've got to go one way or another. So to go left says, I'm not going to go right. Okay? To be set apart from something means I'm set apart to something. All right? I'm not this. I am this. I'm not going to live this way. I am going to live this way. I'm not going to be committed or defined by these things, but I am going to be committed and defined by these things. And so a setting apart defines the direction or the course of our life. And so here specifically, it's talking about being set apart from sin. Right? I, I've set apart myself from this sin nature, from this sinful lifestyle, and I'm committed to growing, to becoming more like Christ. So the word holiness here can also be translated, some versions translated, sanctify, uh, where it's this progression of becoming more like Jesus. All right? The progression of becoming more like Christ. And we'll see this as we make our way back through the verse here. This is the connection between perseverance and holiness. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So what's the first three or four words of that verse say? Make every effort. What does that imply? We've got to work at it, right? And it's telling us it's going to be hard and it's going to need to be intentional. And so in the forefront of my mind, I've got to know that I've got to make every effort. And so to become like Christ is going to require effort from me. To grow in his likeness is going to require effort from you and I. And so here the author is telling us to make every effort or to persevere, to give effort intentionally towards holiness. Because it won't happen accidentally. Right? No one wakes up randomly and becomes more holy. Right? You're not walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden you have a burst of holiness that just comes through your spirit and body. It just doesn't work that way. And so it's an intentional work on our parts in participation with the Word of God and the Spirit of God becoming more like the Son of God. So it's an intentional effort. And we see this back in the beginning of this text that we read. All right, so what's it say here? Let us run with what? Let us run with perseverance. And so he's telling us the race that's marked out for us, you and I are going to have to persevere through it. Now, don't you love the fact that it's marked out? I can remember here when Party at the Beach the first year was here in Pontoon Beach. It was on Pontoon Road and they had a 5K there, a race. And it wasn't marked out. So there was this little girl. There was, I remember, like 60 or 70 runners. There was this teenage girl that, that took off running and she was way ahead of everybody. And you were supposed to go down Pontoon Road and then make a ride on 111 and then work your way back through that neighborhood. Well, she kept on running. And she went through the stoplight and she went past the dome church. You know what I'm talking about? And she was back almost where that road bends to go into that subdivision back there. And so they went and chased her down on a four-wheeler, right, to get her to turn around. 
And so talking with her, seeing her mom afterward, her mom was so mad because this girl was a runner and she wanted to win, win this race. And so I went up to her afterwards and I said, you know what? You still passed me, right? You went a mile out of the way and you still came past me. Now I was pushing a stroller, but nonetheless, that didn't make me feel very, you know, good about my ability to run. So when the race is not marked out, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit terrifying because you're not sure where you're going or what you're doing. So in the Christian life, the race is marked out, and individually that means this. You and I wake up each day and intentionally persevere to the point of becoming like Christ. That's never an option. So every day, this day, am I becoming like Christ? Is His Spirit being formed in me? That is, am I beginning to see the world the way that He does, or see it more like He does? Am I seeing His attitude fleshed out in me? Paul wrote that in Philippians. Let this mind be in you, or attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus wrote about it, or he spoke about it. Matthew wrote about it uh, in the Beatitudes. Let these attitudes of Christ be in you. And when we think of uh, Galatians, about the fruit of the Spirit, these are things that are supposed to be growing in us. So becoming like Christ is the individual's goal every day for the Christian. It's never an option, or it's never something for the fanatic or somebody who's serious about Jesus it's life. It's what it's supposed to be. So if I'm saved, I'm his, I belong to him, the race marked out for me, become like Jesus. How am I going to do that? I've got to persevere when it's hard. I've got to make my mind up, make every effort to be intentional. Uh, other scriptures call us to be holy. Right? The Bible says, be holy as he is holy, as God is holy. Now, God is outside of us in his holiness. And that's the word that kind of defines or um, greater enhances all of his other attributes. You can put that word holy in front of everything else concerning him. And so his love is a holy love. His grace is a holy grace. His mercy is a holy mercy. Right? It means he's pure. It means he's perfect. It means he's outside of. No one is even close to him. He's not like the greatest human ever. Uh, the gap between he and us is immeasurable. And so we're called to pursue that kind of holiness each and every day. Anybody there yet? No. Right? I'm not there either. And we won't reach that here. We won't even reach that there. He'll be God forever, not us. Right? He'll complete us, finish us, but we'll never take his role. And so he is always above, beyond, set apart from people like you and I. But our pursuit is to be like him. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, hey, listen, your aim should be perfection. And so shoot for that. Strive for that. Let that be your standard Becoming holy as he is holy. So we've got to be intentional and we've got to persevere. Uh, and I would say that we understand what it is to struggle through trying to become like Christ. Right? How many people do we know who started out for the Lord who said, I'm not doing this anymore? Right? Life happened. And so it could be maybe, uh, maybe we got upset with somebody at, at a church. I'm never going back to church again. I mean, we got upset with a family member who talked to us about Christ. And I don't want anything to do with that family member anymore. Right? And so somebody that was starting their race, for whatever reason, quit in the race because it got hard. It got complex. It got complicated. It was difficult. And if God's a loving God, why am I going through such heartache? Why am I struggling? Uh, there's answers for those questions. But if we don't persevere through there, we'll never live under the, the joy and the blessedness of the answer. So we've got to press on. We've got to understand it's going to be hard and persevere. So persevere through persecution? Yes. All right? 
persevere through God's discipline. We read that here. Because God loves us, he disciplines us. And why does he discipline us? What's the point he's trying to get us to? To be holy. The end goal is holiness. It's not that he hates us or that he loves, you know, just showing off his power. But that he loves us and he's trying to shape us more into his son's likeness. And so we've got to work through his discipline. We've got to be willing to persevere through the hardships of life. You know, it's easy to check out. It's easy to start and not finish. Starting's a lot of fun, isn't it? Get that new car and you start making payments and it's okay until it starts sucking money from the other things you want to do in life. Now that I've got this new car, I can't do this anymore. So what do some people do? I'm just not going to pay for my car anymore. Right? Happens every day. People get their cars, their homes, possessions repossessed. It's fun to start. It's not a whole lot to finish. A whole lot of fun sometimes to finish. Or it gets hard and so we don't persevere. Lots of people jump from job to job. Oh, I love my job. I was talking with somebody here this week that, and they've just kind of done that. It's been the story of their life and they've worked here, 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 and here and like it for a little bit and hate it and they go somewhere else. Right? When it gets hard, we don't persevere. We do the same thing with relationships. How many people in your life do you know who've jumped from this one to this one to this one to this one because it got hard? Right? And, and so we quit and we go try a new one. And we quit that one and go try a new one. It's hard to finish. It's hard to persevere. But that's the call here of the Christian. Becoming like Christ is going to be a struggle. But his promise is that he's, he's with us here. All right? So let's persevere through all the challenges of life. Secondly here, there's going to be some, some pursuit required as we, try to, as we try to seek people out, always with the end goal of peace. Now this word here, pursue, is the key word that I want to talk about for a minute, okay? The word pursue, this word in the original language here simply means this. To press after like a hunter after its prey. Alright? So maybe you've never hunted animals but I bet you've hunted something. You ever lost something? You ever been around somebody who's lost something, they can't find it, and they're losing their mind? Right? If I ever lose something, just come around. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Like, where is it? It was just there. Where did it go? Okay? And so we hunt after stuff kind of crazily, and we keep looking for it until we find it. Right? I mean, maybe you're not wired that way. I just can't sleep. I can't rest. I can't think until I find what I'm looking for. Maybe it's a pair of shoes, right? Or maybe it's a vehicle, or maybe it is out looking for an animal. You just got to press something. Like very seldom do animals just come to my house and present themselves to me. Maybe it works that way for some of you fantastic fishermen. Now, my dad used to say, I can remember coming home from school, and I'd say, hey, dad, you think the fish are biting today? And you know what he'd say? Son, we don't know if we don't go. And that's kind of his way in with mother. Hey, dear, son wants to go fishing. I'm going to take him fishing, right? So as long as kids want to go, mom's happy about it. And so we'd go fishing, and we'd find out if the fish were biting. You know, I can't remember a lot of things, but I don't ever remember fish kind of flopping their way from Lake Decatur to our front doorstep. We had to go get them, right? We had to pursue them. And we have to do the same thing here as it relates to holiness in this area of pursuing people 
with peace. And so the idea is I'm going after it and I'm expecting to get it. I'm going after it and I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm anticipating that this is going to be the end result. Now we know sometimes it doesn't work that way. I can tell you there are a few different meetings I've had in my lifetime that the goal of that meeting was greater peace. And you go into that anticipating this is what's going to happen and God's going to be glorified through this. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But the goal for the person of holiness is to always pursue peace. There's a couple words people say you should never say. You know what they are? I just said both of them. Always and never. All right? Always here is what we're saying. Pursue peace. Never live in such a way where the end goal is anything other than peace. Now, sometimes it seems that people would rather fuss and kind of stir the pot rather than seek for solutions or resolve conflicts. You don't know what I'm talking about. But I do, right? And sometimes I am people. Sometimes I can get in that mode where I just want to highlight the problem. It's important to highlight problems, right? But we've got to progress beyond that to look for a solution or to look for a remedy. You know, our country and our media right now in our country is really good about stirring the pot. And that's what it does. You watch it so long that becomes your mindset, my mindset, that we begin to think that that's the way everybody thinks. And people that lean this direction, if you lean to the right, everybody on the left is what? All right, night. Hey, I'm glad you kept it clean. They're nuts, right? And they're terrible. And if they'd get their life fixed out, and they're just thinking, they're just crazy, right? So every inclination of our heart is to look over here and go, you're just, you're crazy. You're what's wrong with us. And everybody on the left is looking back the same direction. They're saying the same thing. At least that's what the media is telling us. And all they do is stir the pot. The problem with the country is the right. The problem with the country is the left. And we, get, we buy into that. Well, sometimes the problem is the Christians are defined by how we lean those directions. And so I don't seek peace. I don't pursue peace. I'm more interested in my opinion or other people who think the way that I do. And so here, the author is telling us, make every effort to persevere in peace. And let's read it again. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You ever struggle to live at peace with somebody? Just being honest? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we all have. Right? You've had a relationship. Maybe there's somebody that comes to mind right now. Maybe it's the way you want it to be. Or maybe it's not the way you wanted it at all. But here what it says is make every effort on our end to do everything we can to live at peace. And this is echoed throughout the Bible. Let's highlight some of these real quickly. Psalm 34, turn from evil and do good. Seek what? Seek peace and pursue it. Chase it like a hunter chasing prey. Go after it expecting to get it. Don't quit until you attain it. Right? That's the idea here of Psalm 34. Matthew 5, one of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the what? Peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Right? We have a love for the Beatitudes to say blessed are the potsters. All right? Or blessed are those who see the world the way we do. That's not what it says. Blessed are those who are able to make peace. These will be called the children of God. Romans chapter 12. If it's possible and as far as it depends on you, live how? At peace with whom? With everyone. Romans 14, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to what? To peace. 
and to mutual edification. 2 Timothy 2.22, Paul says to Tim, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue these things, righteousness, faith, love, and what? And peace, along with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so here you've got the pursuit, fleeing. You've got the pursuit of peace. And you've also got the pursuit of holiness. All within this one verse. Pure heart is a reference to holiness. Peace, obviously peace. Fleeing there is the idea of persevering in the things that matter the most. And so pursuing peace is a common theme throughout the Bible. And this should be the mantra of the Christian. And what's this have to do with holiness? Well, they're, they're connected here. Right? Strive after peace, strive after holiness, and they're linked. And so let's just think about what we know to be true about God. The Bible says that God our Father is a God of peace. One of the names of Jesus, he is called the Prince of Peace. Part of the fruit of the Spirit that is developed in the Christian is love, joy, peace. The gospel is known as the gospel of peace. All right? And so there's a connection here between people who are pursuing the holiness of God and who are also at the same time people of peace. So this, this peace and this holiness are connected hand in hand. One commentator said it this way, Peace is the atmosphere in which holiness flourishes. And where I'm at strife with someone, I'm not becoming like Christ. Where I hold a grudge, I can't praise the Lord. He won't receive that from me. Right? He says, deal with the sin in your heart. Then let's restore. Then let's reconcile. But you've got to take care of the, the horizontal issues here before you think you and I are going to be right vertically. So if we fail to strive for peace, what the author of Hebrews says is we'll fail to become holy. You remember what it says without holiness? Without holiness, what won't happen? Without holiness, we won't see the Lord. All right, so let's go that direction here. We need to pursue peace and to do so at all costs. Be peaceable people. As much as it depends on you and I, go get it and expect to attain it. Now, one last thought on that is I, I tend to be a person who, who waits. You ever think it's somebody else's responsibility? They messed up so they should seek my peace. It's their fault that we're in this situation. So it's up to them to make it right. And so we kind of take a step back or I'll take a step back and say it's on you. It's on your shoulders to fix it. It's not what it says. Strive after peace. Make every effort to strive after peace. And here we're also going to say to strive after personal purity. Uh, so the holiness here that we're talking about, this personal purity is not about, hey, make sure you do all the right things externally. Lots of people in Christ's day and even this day are doing the right things externally. All right? They're showing up in the right places. They're going through ceremonies. They're doing traditions. They may be reading and praying, but there's no real connection to God there. There's no power being influenced in their life. And so it's all just kind of external religious activity. It's not internal transformation. You know, the religious people of Jesus' day, they would pray. They would give money. They would dress a certain way. They would associate with certain people so that people thought that they were religious, that they were holy. And what we're talking about here is not just the external, but the internal. Remember, Jesus was after these things as well. Right? Have you ever murdered somebody? No? 
What did Jesus say about murder? If you've ever hated somebody in your heart, it's like you're guilty of the act of murder. So now how many of us have murdered somebody? If we've hated somebody, he says we're guilty. Have you ever had an affair, committed adultery? No, 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 I've not done that. Okay. Have you ever looked at a man or woman to lust after them? Jesus says you're guilty of the act. What's he after, the external or the internal? Now he's after the internal. You know, we're just, uh, we're living in some foolish days, man. When you watch people who are supposed to be models lack character and people around them go, but it's okay because it's their private life and we don't care about it, that's foolishness. What we're saying then is it's okay to externally get things right and you can be a mess on the inside. Now, striving after holiness is a big deal. But we didn't read it, but when you go on to read chapter 12, the next verse says, make sure that no one misses out on salvation. Like it's up to you and I to walk this planet, to connect with people, to do everything we possibly can to make sure they know that God loves them and that they can have this peace with God. And here he's saying in verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. All right, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's a pretty serious warning. Right? Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Uh, let's try to understand what that means here. So the author's making a stern warning. Does this mean that only people who are holy will see the Lord? See, that phrase, see the Lord, is really important how we interpret that and what it actually means, rather. Not how we interpret it, what it actually means. And so here's some things to help us understand. Everybody will see the Lord. Jesus said, the day will come. Appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they what? When they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Who's going to see the Son of Man coming? All the peoples of the earth, right? Every eye has turned that direction. Revelation 1-7 says, Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every what? Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. So one text says every eye will see him. All right? And this other one is only those who are holy will see him. How do we, how do we make sense of these two? All right, now let's, let's be very careful here and understand what we are not saying. We're not saying that the way to see God is through our practice of holiness. It's not because we do good, we gain access to God. Right? That's practical holiness. Personal holiness has been given to us by faith in Jesus Christ. And we've not done anything to earn or achieve that. That's just totally his direction to those who believe. Right? The practical holiness here that this author is writing about is our striving. And this striving doesn't earn us heaven. It's simply a result of those who have experienced the purity of Christ. Now this phrase, those who see God, or those who will see God, it's not necessarily with your eyes. What that phrase literally means is they will enjoy God. They will enjoy God. They'll be satisfied in God. They will be fulfilled in God. And that means now, and it means eternally. 
And Jesus said the very same thing in his Beatitudes here. He says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the holy. What will happen for them? For they will see God. All right? It's not just eyeball to eyeball. It's that there is a delight in understanding who he is. It's that there's a satisfaction in the knowing him and the owning him as Savior and Lord. Those who don't, they will not see him. All right? They'll see him as judge, but they will not see him as the delight of their soul, nor will they experience eternity with him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will delight themselves forever in God. So holy living. Holy living. Lots we could say about it, but some of what we've said is that it's intentional and we've got to persevere when it's hard. It's not something that we want to quit, all right? Days are going to be different. Some days you're going to give good work, just as I am. Other days are going to be a struggle just to get through. But you know what? We're pressing on. John Stephen Akwari started real good. Did he finish the way he started? No. He was beat up, man. He was bandaged. He was bloodied. He was injured. But he finished the race that was marked out for him. That's the goal for you and I here as well today. We've got to persevere, whether it's persecution, whether it's the discipline of God, whether it's just being a part of this planet and experiencing struggle. We've got to continue to press on. We've got to continue to press on and to strive after peace. Being people who are known as peaceful people. And if somebody were to say that about you or to say that about me, would that take them off guard? Peaceful, really? You don't know them the way I do. Right? We should be defined just as our God is defined. He's a father, a God of peace. His son is a prince of peace. His spirit births the fruit of peace. These things are to be evident in our lives. And we're also to be people who are pursuing personal purity. Striving after holiness. Not settling for anything less. Right? Letting that be the aim of our life. Listen, what you'll find in Christ, there is, there is a depth of satisfaction that a red velvet cake cannot touch. I could care less what great food you're eating today. It will not satisfy you, satisfy you like Jesus will. The power of his word in your life. A great mother, we thank the Lord for that. But that doesn't satisfy me like Jesus. Right? Or being able to be a mother and to have children. Wonderful. But that cannot even touch the delight that's genuinely found in Jesus Christ. And so the writer here says, strive after that. Holiness leads to a delight in God. You're going to see God in ways that you've been intended and created to see him. So if this is what it's looked like, at least in part, to be people who are holy, am I living holy? Are you living holy? Maybe somewhere along the way you've quit. You've thrown your hands up and said, I'm giving up on this. Now, there are people right now walking the planet. I love Jesus. I just hate the church. And I understand people have been hurt by the church. That just doesn't line up scripturally. And the truth of the matter is at the very bottom of that, as you wade through all the issues, it's just, a, it's just an excuse. And that won't stand before a holy God. And so maybe it's, today's a day like to get back in the race. It's marked out for me. And I know it's hard. But I'll press on. Listen, one of the great benefits of pressing on is that we can do it together with other believers. 
right? And so maybe today is just a day of realignment with my heart and God's. Help me press on. Maybe today it's like I'm not seeking peace. If I'm going to be holy, if I'm going to represent Christ, if he's that prince of peace, there's some things that got to change in my heart. Sometimes we may feel like, well, I'm letting people off the hook. No, you're not. They were never on your hook. Vengeance is mine, says God. I'll repay. Your job is to be a, a model and a, an ambassador for me. And so maybe it's the day to extend peace to somebody who honestly doesn't deserve it. Or maybe it's a day to chase after that practical purity. Change my heart. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, Lord, my master, ready to do your will.